Thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. If our message has encouraged you, would you help us spread the word? There are three simple ways you can help. One, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll always be the first to know when we've released a fresh episode. Two, rate the Provoke and Inspire podcast on iTunes. And three, share the episodes that speak the most to you on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever your voice is heard. We're honored to have you as part of our global community. I grew up in a broken home and was raised on violent movies and pornography. I spent hours online and looked at pop stars and celebrities guide I want something to believe in, but I reject any absolute truth. I want real relationships, but devote hours living in a reality. I fight for equality, yet believe in a worldview that reduces me to nothing. I am continually lied to, which leaves me empty and spiritually vacant. You have the truth. truth. So why are you silent? Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. We are continuing on with our series why am I silent? Uh, this is a series that it really is our heartbeat. And so in, in many ways, we've covered uh, sections of this uh, throughout the history of this podcast. And and really, the entire purpose of it is to, in a, in a gentle, but in a strong way, in a provoking and inspiring way, look at the idea uh, of why are so few Christian artists uh, just plainly and clearly talking about Jesus. And so uh, we we prayed about it and we discussed it and we came up with these eight different reasons that we see uh, as main reasons why Christian artists are not sharing the gospel. So we have all of our usuals here from all over the world, the same places. So guys, I don't know, give some sort of Woo-hoo! customary salutation. Yeah, what's up? Hello, everybody. everybody. It's Greetings. Great. <laughs> great to see you all. Well, you're not really seeing anybody. Yeah. I, yeah, I got yeah. nervous there because I... It's great to envision I, you I, I threw the combo customary salutation together, and last time I did the old uh, philanthropic. So so anyway, so that, yes. I'm glad to have gotten those <laughs> yes. words out smoothly. I have had enough coffee I'm sure today, you edited that, though. You have to edit that one out there. Oh, it'll be gone for sure. People have no idea what this is referencing at all. <laughs> so here we are, back into uh, this this... Uh, theme into this topic and uh today what we are covering uh is <laughs> i'm looking at my notes here and chad has changed them and i was literally about to read i don't see the need to breathe uh so that kind of gives away yes. some of the, the scaffolding was, and the bones of yeah. our of our production here but the idea is <laughs> i am silent i am not sharing the gospel because i don't see the need to preach uh, and so, Luke, do you want to kind of kick us off by explaining what we mean by this this uh, phrase? Okay, so this is something that we've come across often, and I think it is certainly a common way of seeing or, or, or way of thinking in the art scene today, um, in that it's just, it's not something that is necessary. You don't have to preach publicly, like proclamation evangelism, for people to meet Jesus or to come to Jesus. There's other ways of doing that. And most commonly, it's, it's the idea that if you just kind of live in a certain way and show Jesus through your actions, or through your aura or, you know, just your presence, um, people will get 
the the message. They'll get it and they'll want to, to know Jesus. And so you don't need to be so vocal about it, so clear and verbal. Um, I think it's especially common in the art scene because often there's that idea of, you know, art should be more mysterious or, it sh- you, you know, people need to read between the lines. So don't be so clear. It's not necessary to be so clear. Mm. That's yeah. the general vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, to distinguish it a little bit um, because it could be, you know, we last week we talked about the idea of preferring other messages, and so it looked a little bit at the idea of, you know, these these more palatable messages or these safer messages. This idea that uh, preaching the gospel is just one of many alternatives available to the Christian artist, uh, and so you know, we talked about where life transformation and positive <laughs> positive messages seems like a bit of a sad irony, but yeah. testimonies and social justice, those type of things. Um, I think what we're trying to narrow in on here. Uh, is that, like Luke said, it's just, it's almost as if, you know, there's this subtle undercurrent in the art scene, like like evangelism is kind of this, like, dated, uh, fundamental, kind of old-school thing. You know, how is that possible? David, I know you've encountered this a lot, like the cross is somehow not relevant anymore. Do you want to kind of comment on that? Yeah, I mean, um, I've been told that a lot by especially not, I mean, where I've been told that is, is by, by other Christian bands or Christian artists, not, not by, not by people in the scene or secular people. If anything, I've seen the opposite to be the case. Um, you know, and, and oh, I can remember one time I was invited to speak to a bunch of left-wing, um, political activists in, uh, in Poland. And, uh, were you with me, Luke, when I spoke at this group, to this group? I don't think so. Tell yeah. tell the story. I'll see if I remember. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was. Uh, I was there with uh, another guy. He used to be my bass player, Martin Kralo. He looked like me. He looks. Yeah. He's another guy who looked like me. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so these guys they have this this uh, this this pretty famous cafe in uh, in Krakow, and they talk about they're they're political activists, left wing political activists, and so they. They asked if I would come, and they know about No Longer Music, and they invited me to come and speak in their cafe. And uh, I, I said to them, well, you know, my message is, is uh, kind of uh, different than yours. I mean, there's not a lot of things that we agree on in terms of our message. And they said, no, that's why we want you to come, because we think it's so, uh, we admire you because you're, you're willing to say what you believe. And then they went on to talk about all these other guys that I started out with in the scene back in Poland who they thought had watered down their message, who weren't talking plainly about what they believed anymore. And the fact that I spoke in a relevant way, in a way that that was relevant in that world, but I was speaking clearly about Jesus and my what my beliefs were, that actually gave me more opportunities and more authority. And I think the big lie that a lot of people in the in the Christian music industry believe is that somehow if you are talking about Jesus in a, you know you need to do it in a relevant way in in a in a way that makes sense in the scene but i believe it actually opens doors doesn't close them because people are wanting some challenge and i think true art is not just subtle or people pick it up from from the uh, from the great music or the vibe or whatever, any good any good art has a has a is sharp. It it it, it provokes you. I mean, you don't if you go to a movie 
you don't go, wow, wasn't that a great movie? I didn't really hear any messages in it. And it just didn't, it kind of was just uh, very subtle and it didn't impact me in any way. I mean, a good movie is provocative. Good music touches your emotion. It it provokes you. Uh, A painting that is that is powerful speaks to you. And I believe that it's really unbelievable that Christian artists believe that they're supposed to take all the message out of their their art and just kind of let it be this kind of beautiful, subtle uh, thing that somehow people will pick up on. I think this is the opposite of good right. art. How much do you? How much of this do you think has been fueled um, by either the reality or the perception that? you know some there was the evangelism like direct evangelism has this perception that it's been done poorly or unlovingly um or that you know maybe that's just an excuse but do you think some of it is fueled out of that well i think a lot of things have been done poorly but that'd be like saying uh we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, do worship music because of all the lame worship songs or we shouldn't preach we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't preach in a church because of all the bad preachers or we shouldn't have right. you know it's like Yes, everything has been done poorly, you, no matter what it is. But that doesn't speak to what the the fact that we need to do it well. We need to do it in a, in. And I think that there is. I think there is probably today no, nothing more powerful at communicating the gospel than music and art. And I think more the most. It's probably one of the most effective tools that there is. We need to do it well. We need to really understand the, the the scene and get out of our church ghetto, so we can we can communicate in a, in a relevant way. But there is no more powerful way to talk about Jesus than music and art, and it will open doors like crazy if you do this in a in a in a way that that uh, is clear and pro, and provokes people. I think that's that's been my experience. Yeah. The my experience in the music world is that there there was this twofold problem uh, for Christian artists in in why they did not see the need to preach. And uh, one on one side of it, it was like, well, we're in what what David's called the Christian ghetto, uh, which is this space where everyone or or we assume most everyone who's here has already heard, and so therefore it's like I don't need to preach because. They already know. They've already heard this. Like this is yeah. preaching to the choir. It's not. A, there's no yeah. point to doing this because it's just kind of rehashing uh, the same thing over. And I, I remember, you know, at our Provoke and Inspire event in Los Angeles, that I think Mark Moore from Christafari was sharing this, and then he said, you know, you just have to be willing wherever you are to, to preach the gospel and make this commitment to preach the gospel. And so, so he goes on and it's kind of, I'm, I don't know if I'm sure you felt this too, Ben, but it became a little bit of an awkward, like, like altar call preaching moment at our event, which, which is not really the, the purpose of these events. And it, and you know, inside I was kind of like, okay, this is like, I, I honor this guy for the fact that he's actually doing what he's, what he's saying he he thinks you know we should do but it felt a little funny and then and then of course one person at our event is like yeah tonight i want to know jesus right and and so it's like ah, oh. <laughs> like his point was proven so clearly um and so i think the other problem is that christian artists desire so much to be accepted by the world and by the mainstream uh, music marketplace that uh, that they just decide you know well there's I don't see any need to preach because if I were to preach 
then I would never have an opportunity to actually grow a platform, which so everyone begins seeing the platform right. as the great opportunity rather than serving one another in love. So if my platform grows, then I'll preach because then everyone will actually respect me. And what I hear David saying is if you just if you just do it, you just go for it, people are actually going to respect you because you're you're doing it and you're serving them in the best way you know how rather than you know flipping it around yeah but i also think there's i also think it's more than just the message i think there's a power there's a power in the message and that's what people feel they hear a lot of people Mm. because every other band has a message i mean every other every other artist has a message so right right you, you know the only ones that are supposed to not have a message are the christians and so right. it's not that these other bands aren't saying something, but what, what touches people is they feel a, an authority in it. They feel the Holy Spirit, and this is what blows them away. It's like when Justin um, Bieber sang that worship song, you know, and people felt, they felt something they don't feel from other artists, you know, and, it, and this is the thing that, that, t- right. that touches people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's power in it, like partly because of like what you're saying, you're just being clear and straight and saying what you believe. And if it's genuine, if you're just really sharing something that's from the heart, especially non-believers, they get that. They see yeah. that. Yeah. The guy's just being honest. Yeah. Um, but the, the other point to, of course, is God is in it. This is the, you know, uh-huh. this is the gospel. This is, yeah. you know, the, that's the power of the cross. Yeah. But I think um, right. one thing I do want to speak to that David said before, which is a good point, is that, yes, it has been done badly. There, there, you can do it badly. There's ways of, you know, preaching and not, not like listening to people, not, not being aware of your context, your environment. And I think that mm. we do need to be aware of that. But it shouldn't be something that um, puts fear in us where we're like afraid to, to preach. And for me, uh, one thing that's come across sometimes is, is I've had people say to me that art with a message is propaganda. <laughs> yeah, and right. that, first of all, doesn't make any sense to me because on one hand, I mean, how can you generalize saying art with a message is propaganda? Because like David said, doesn't every art have a message? You know, every, every Not to mention um, how does propaganda form... feel about that? Exactly. <laughs> like if he was on this podcast, he would certainly have something to say about this. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I get, one of the points <laughs> I wanted to make in this is that, I, you know, I can get where they're coming from because there's an element. If, if I'm not listening to the context I'm in and I'm not connecting with people and my motivation is not really sharing something that is at the core of my soul and central to me, but it's more about ticking a box and just saying, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just going to preach because that's what I have to do. And I haven't really thought it through. And I'm just going to, you know, shout out mm-hmm. the message. Um, and, and then there's that, that vibe of trying to make people um, believe it or through my own strength, trying to convince people, yeah, you have to do this or you have to follow this. There's an element of manipulation that can come in or that has come in at times that I would say, well, maybe that does verge on propaganda. Because to me, that's the difference. You know, propaganda is there's a manipulation to it where you're trying to force people to think in a certain way or believe a certain thing. But that's not what we're talking about here. Right. We're talking about, first of all, we started you know, with a podcast um, a few, few times ago, Believe It. If I yeah. believe the message of the cross, if that is central to my to my soul, to my spirit, that is everything to me, then when I 
genuinely share through my art, my music, and when I genuinely speak from the stage or from the platform that God gives me and I share my heart and I pour my heart out and I say, Jesus is everything to me and this is who he is. I have a personal relationship with him. That's why I talk about him. Then I've had experienced the same thing David talked about. You know, it's the, the, the non-Christians, the people who, who have not been from a church context, have no idea what it's about, are going, wow, I wish I could hear that more. I want to... Mm. I, I want to meet more people who, who first of all, are able to speak clearly and genuinely about something so important. And second of all, people that are actually are sharing a message that is true and that is so so strong and clear. Right. You know, I, I think, I mean, there's many angles I could take this. I, I also think there's something, because w- what we're trying to dig into here is, yeah, we, we obviously believe the, the power of the gospel and that that, you know, every good art, uh, you know, all good art has a message, all those things. But what I'm wanting to dig into this, is is kind of a little bit what you touched on, Luke. Is what are some of the actual reasons? You know, what are some of the barriers to to people thinking that they don't actually need to preach? And I think one of them is is that they they just the simple semantics of thinking that they don't need to verbally preach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and and we you know one of the key verses we drew on was was Romans ten fourteen. The whole you know how can they call on one who they've not believed, and how can they believe if they've not heard, and how can they not hear without without someone preaching to them. And, and, and just this literal idea that, that there is something in words. You know, God spoke the world into existence. We accept what Jesus did for us with our words. And I think there's been sort of this, we've made it all complicated when then there is this, there is something in the power of speaking and hearing the gospel. And, and, and so yeah. I feel like even in that literal understanding that that we we need to just we need to say it we we at some yeah. point have to say it and I think that's part of why some artists aren't doing it, is they don't believe that. Well, I, the reason it, we don't preach is because it's hard because it's a spiritual thing. It's not just yeah. about we're giving a different message than the other people. And again, I, you know, I want to say again, it's not that artists don't have messages. All artists. Artists speak clearly their message. The only ones that are told they can't say anything are the Christians. And so we come under this pressure, but there's also a pressure. There's always a voice inside of your head that's going to tell you you can't explain and talk plainly about Jesus and why he came to earth and why you, you know, who he is. I mean, this is a, a battle that I always come against, but it's because there is so much authority and power in it. And it's what people really want. But also, you're gonna you're gonna also be like Jesus. When when Jesus spoke, sometimes people spit on him. Sometimes people laughed at him. You know, we had you know we've had that. We've had people spit on us, laugh at us. Uh, people they wouldn't leave. You know, they they stay for the whole show, but they don't clap. They just look at you and laugh. You know, I've had um, all kinds of of uh, you know being sh- shut down or the, the, the owner of the club wants to turn off our, our, you know, our PA and stuff like that. I mean, it, that's not, that's unusual, but that is also part of it. And I think we don't want to pay that price at speaking clearly the, the message. Yeah. I was just going to say that we so often, I, I think it's a issue of feelings. You know, I don't feel 
the need to preach. And so I, I begin living on the basis of my feelings. You know, I think we're such a feeling generation that whatever feels right is what we end up doing or living by rather than by what God's word already tells us and instructs us to do. So it's like, okay, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not going to preach because I didn't have some incredible, inspiring, motivating, supernatural leading or prompting or feeling. And, uh, and yet, uh, I don't know how often for all of us, um, anytime we've, we've walked out obedience, we felt this amazing sense of, of God's nearness or God's with us or this empowering that, you know, it's like, man, the Holy Spirit came down and he was just resting like a tongue of fire on my head and I knew he was there and I was all ablaze. And so then I did it. It's like, you know, I think 99% of the time there, there is nothing other than a tiny conviction in our heart that moves us into a place of love rather than selfishness. And uh, the 1% of the time, it's like, oh man, that's a, that's so incredible when the Lord does give us that extra whatever, you know, whatever manifestation it is. But would you guys agree or is that, is, am I just weird? Do you guys I, all feel crazy stuff? I, <laughs> I I do agree. There's an aspect there of the feeling and that, and certainly our generation is very much feeling based. Um, but I also think that there there are some lo- uh, kind of rational thoughts there that often go on as well. I mean, two that I've mm. come across that are reasons also why people think, oh, you know, I don't need to preach. One of them is is that uh, Francis Assisi quote or that's yeah, already yeah. been proved that, that it wasn't or there's no proof that it was Francis Assisi that said that, but it's actions, not words. And, and that often comes at um, from from a perception of um, social work or doing good deeds or doing good things is all you need for people to be curious and to see, oh, you know, there's something different in that person. And, and then if they go after it, then eventually they'll find out. And so it's that concept of, you know, don't go around preaching at people, just be like Jesus and do good things. And eventually people will find Jesus through that. And I think that um, to, to that point i w- i would say you know it's it's very important to have both you know i i need of course i need to live like jesus and 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 show people what it means to to be a christian today and what it means to follow jesus but if i don't explain if i don't speak out and find every opportunity to to share that as well then it's never going to be clear to people and i think a second one that's that's um very similar to that one is the relational perception um perspective it's saying sure. you know it's through relationships if if you have a good in-depth relationship you're going real deep with your friendship then you'll have that one time they'll they'll, sometime soon an opportunity will come and then you'll say it but often that can go on for years and years and you say you know i've gone on for years years and years with this friendship but i just haven't had the right opportunity yet to share and i I just I, i believe that in both those situations we can't be um, exclusive and saying, oh, this is the way or that's the way. I really believe we need to be living this out from every side in every way. So I need to live and do good things and be like Jesus. I need to have in-depth relationships and share my faith through that. And I need to be constantly finding opportunities to share, whether it be one-on-one and groups and crowds and proclamation. I, I need to find ways of explaining and, and speaking. And Ben, like you pointed out, the Bible, there's verses there, Romans, sh- showing us clearly the need to explain, the need to preach. I think throughout the Bible, I mean, God is constantly raising up men who would clearly proclaim and clearly speak out the message. And then in culture around us today, we see that too, where anything that's important, anything that feels 
people see as, as needing to be said will be spoken clearly. There's a protest going on about a cause. Somebody's going to stand up and explain clearly why we're doing this and, and what, what we believe and what we're aiming for. You know, all the more for a message of truth and life like the gospel. I mean, this is, this is the message that we need to preach. Well, and we create, we create false dichotomies where we, we, we put one thing and we pit them against each other. Like even that Francis Assisi quote is, is, is not even looking contextually at his life in an accurate way because he, in his day, it was assumed that you would speak because the gospel is inherently verbal and, and, and even whatever language alluded to that quote that was ultimately misquoted, the idea of, you know, always preach when possible, you know, and if necessary, use words. I think that was coming out of a place of, you need to, you know, this needs to not be this callous, cold, you know, like a Pharisee type preaching. That there, it's, it's this, you know, we need to swing to the balance of, of having the right heart and loving people and caring about their physical needs. And I feel like we've then hijacked that to, because we've swung to the other end of the pendulum where it's all about caring about people's physical needs and love. Although I would say we talk more about doing that than actually doing that um, yeah. at the expense of saying anything at all. And I think it's not, they're never meant to be in opposition. It, it, this was supposed to always work in concert. Your actions yeah. should give authority to the words you preach, but the words have to be there. Well, people, yeah. people say they want to be like Jesus. Well, be like Jesus. Jesus, he ate with people, you know, which was a very intimate thing to do. He was very, he was their friend. Yeah. He, he healed them. He fed them and he told them the truth. So there is no example yeah. of Jesus just uh, healing people or loving people and not speaking to them the truth. And in the book of Acts, if you look at the church, there's, you know, there's a few sentences on community and there's, you know, and of how, uh, how we need to look after the orphans and the widows because a real community cares for people. They care about the physical needs of people. But the but ninety nine point nine percent of the book of Acts is based, is on proclamation. It's on proclamation, and so don't don't say that you're you're want to be like Jesus and not speak because that's not Jesus or like the like the the early church. It's all about proclamation. But people can't receive from us unless we love them. You know that's why Jesus said. Uh, people need to see your good deeds so that they will glorify their, your Father in heaven. So our words have to be backed up by our good deeds, you know, about l being loving, about caring for people. If I don't love people, then I can't speak the truth to them. So I need to love them because they need to hear the truth, but I can't take out speaking the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that also there's even a clear example of Jesus um, emphasizing the need to preach um, in that passage where um, he was healing a lot of people and, and then he goes off on his own to pray. The disciples come after him and they say, Jesus, where were you? There's all these people that want, want to talk to you. They, want, they need healing. And he says, I need to go to other towns to preach um, that, that the kingdom is coming. And so you even see a clear example of him um, prioritizing the preaching of the message, of him saying, yeah, I know there's thousands of people that want healing, um, but I need to go on to the next places because other people need to hear the message of, of the kingdom of God coming. I also, yeah, I also think that maybe part of the reasons why Christian artists don't see the need to preach or don't want to preach is that they feel maybe this inhibits their creativity on some level. And even that is a misconception. I think that, you know, the that good art and, and just 
evangelism somehow are in opposition to one another. And again, I don't think what any of us are saying is that every word of every song of every minute of every concert or video or, you know, the, your, if you have, do a video or a painting, it's got to, you know, I, I don't think it can be done with in, in, in context and with creativity. And Jesus was a brilliant storyteller. He, he you know, I, I think that there's there's a balance there. Um, yeah, I, but I don't think, I think that's another thing that's thrown out there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. well, that's, yeah. you know, I, I want to be creative and I want to be subtle and I want to be mysterious and I, I want to have depth to what I'm doing. And again, I, I, I even find myself being repulsed by saying that somehow the gospel wouldn't be all of those things, but I think that's the perception. That's true. And I think there are different ways of doing it. I think that's an important point you're making, Ben, because, uh, you know, if you're a band, then it's like, what do I do? I preach. Do I do all my lyrics need to talk about the gospel? Do I preach in between every song? And and that's certainly not what we're saying. And we and that's not what we do either in a, in a different uh, projects and things we've worked on. But and, and then you got people from the visual arts or painters or um, people making videos. And in each art form there's going to be different challenges and different ways of communicating i think mm. um i think it was frank schaefer in his book um the, the mediocrity in art that he said something about this where it's very important that the the whole conjunction of your art the all all the different things that you do when you look at the whole the gospel message is there and and then finding these different opportunities to speak um when you're given a platform i'm thinking here of a friend of mine in Sao Paulo, who does um, very much an abstract um, graffiti art form. And so he asked me once, you know, how can I preach the gospel through my graffiti? It's completely, it's just geometric shapes. You know, how can I, how can I show who Jesus is through that? And, uh, but the fact was, because he was, you know, sticking to his style and his way, he had found a place and a niche in the scene. And he was very much connected and part of that scene, which meant he had respect and had opportunities and relationships and was constantly invited to different places and to share and to speak. I said, I, I said to him, you know, there's your opportunities, you know, you're, you're participating yeah. in the art scene. Every time you get an opportunity, you're in conversation, you're in relationships, or you're invited to speak at some forum or something, tell people about what, what's most important to you. What do you believe in? What's your life? about so there's well, different ways of doing this this i had a really interesting uh encounter with this we're uh, my, my brother and i we're we're out at a university and we're uh, I, I got a chance to speak with this professor he was probably in his early 70s he's has spent his entire academic career just studying c.s lewis and wow. you know we're it was just a he was a brilliant like just passionate alive guy and just amazing and and he was talking about the idea that you, you know, we overcomplicate things, but you look at Hollywood, for example, and it's always mm. the same story. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. always good versus evil and someone sacrificing themselves to save someone. It's the gospel. You know, and he it's funny. He yeah. pointed out James Cameron specifically, who's this known atheist, scathing atheist. And he went through all of his movies and just how they're the gospel. Yeah. I mean, they're the, mm. and he can't even get away from it because he knows that we have this longing. And he was talking about how C.S. Lewis talked about the reason why we love fantasy. The reason why we love science fiction is because we have mm. this innate sense in us that there are longings that cannot be satisfied here. And that we need, we need something beyond us to save us, that there's these intrinsic things. And so C.S. Lewis spent an entire career, you know, think of like also Tolkien, mm -hmm. the, Right. using the gifts that God's given them to 
to share the gospel in a huge, diverse, creative, incredible ways. No one would argue that. Mm-hmm. So to yep. somehow suggest that, well, if I if I have to share about Jesus, it's going to severely limit my my creative toolkit. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, now I've reduced my palette to three colors is ridiculous. It's the most yeah, incredible no. story, and and there are there is never ending wealth of ways to share it, but share it clearly. Exactly. Mm. Well, I think. Yeah. You know, we so often, or at least I so often, make the mistake of of not considering how much Jesus wants people to hear about him and how much the Holy Spirit is in the, the very business of polling people, including all of us. You know, what, what saint wasn't first a sinner? who the Holy Spirit drew to Jesus. You know, that there is no such thing as uh, right. as the Christian that was just one, you know, born a Christian and and has always been one. And so the, I think that it's easy and even, you know, practically or maybe putting it into into my terms because I'm not the front man of an artist, but but I am diligently working towards the completion of, of this book. I, I felt uh, a few weeks ago the Lord really convicting me and saying, you know, you the person that you're writing your book to is a follower of Jesus, and your heart's desire is that more Christians live a a, rem, a remarkable, radical, totally anti-ordinary life experience with me. And, and he's like, that's great. So and I'm so I'm thinking, okay, cool. Well, that I, I'm on the right track. And, and then I felt the Lord said, but what about all of the people just like you before you knew me? What about like, how are you actually communicating to them? And are so, and it was like, well, <laughs> you know, this is a, this is a very Christian book I'm writing, Jesus, you know, like this is, I don't know if this is going to, and, and right away, I just felt the Lord saying, well, you've, the, you are taking the power of my death and resurrection out of your book hmm. if you choose not to declare how incredible I am <laughs> at hmm. reaching the lost and and so now I'm like re you know I'm like reworking the whole thing trying to to write both to a, my Christian brother and sister but also to my future brother and sisters um that that it's, it's just a different context so anyway I think it's you know hmm. I think we all need to repent or at least I need to repent of how how little my thinking can be towards towards the reality that Jesus took 12 people turn the world on its head even even though he was only given 3 years to make a a ministry mark with his life and um yeah. and clearly all of us are here because of that yeah and i think ben you've also i mean both ben and chad you've mentioned something there so important i think we haven't even tapped into or started to tap into the potential of how much depth there is in the message of the gospel the message of the cross and how right. many different ways we could express that through so many yeah. different art forms i mean it's just not because there's not enough people even trying or even seeing the need then we haven't started to experiment you know with with these different ways and you're talking about writing a book you know you're writing the book chad and that's one form and and there's so many right. others that's why i'd love and you know i pray for seeing a movement of art across all modalities that would totally be into proclaiming the cross in its depth um in mm. so many different creative ways i think we haven't even started at doing this yet no agreed i th- i think we you're you're right we haven't scratched the surface and the fact that you know a cs lewis is is rare i think is a tragedy only because i think yeah. god would want to raise up many more like him 
you know, people yeah. who are brilliant in whatever field that God has called them to. And, and there would be no excuse to say that, well, I mean, if I want to be a, you know, a real creative artist, then I can't possibly just talk about this same basic story that's been told. You know, I just think mm. that that, that totally misunderstands the depth of the gospel. And to be honest, is also not seeing that this story is being told even by secular people who don't believe in Jesus, because it, it is so deeply rooted in us that we really have to consciously push it down uh, to talk about things that are, are really comparatively meaningless, and I, uh, w- yeah. which is sad. I also think it's because I have a, if I think it's a superficial story or not very uh, deep, it's because my understanding of it has become superficial and shallow. And so it starts yeah, with, absolutely. Uh, so it starts with me. I need to have a, an understanding of the profound message that it is in the like yeah. like it's already been said i mean it's the layers of it and the just what it all means that the that god loved the world you know and what is the world and that god loved it and who is god and i mean you get in you just go into the whole the whole what the cross is what it represents what it shows i mean it's it's unbelievable but if my understanding of it is just a cliche a piece of jewelry uh, then I can't. Then I think, why I can't talk about that? It's 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 not provocative. It's 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 shallow. But that's because I've become shallow in my faith. I think, and it means I need to cry out to Jesus for that revelation of the cross for myself, for the profound the profound message that it is. And then maybe I can start to to look at my art and start to bring Jesus into my art. But it has to start with me having a new revelation of the cross for myself, I think. Right. And and again, yeah. you'll find, not surprisingly, that a lot of these themes that we're talking about overlap and intertwine because that kind of, you know, goes back to the first principle that we have to believe. Um, and, and that has to be the place to start is you're not going to, you're not going to make a sacrifice for a message that is costly if you don't actually believe it. Uh, and you're not mm. going to see the depth of beauty and creativity and, and magnificence in a message you don't truly believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in the most loving way possible, I, I urge those that are listening to this that find in their hearts themselves wrestling with this or wanting to reject this, I, I just I, I urge that you just take the time to say, do I truly have... A, a real understanding of what the cross is, what it was, what it meant for Jesus to die for me, because ultimately it it all goes back to that. I mean, I'm I'm reading this book on on preaching, um, and and by Tim Keller, and he talks about how everything is really the gospel, and and everything ultimately comes back to that. The whole Old Testament, the whole New Testament, everything is about Jesus, and and it it truly ultimately is. And I think that's where it has to, to start, it, where it has to continue, and where it'll ultimately end for every artist. And and once we understand that, it is a never-ending wealth of, of creativity, of inspiration, of, of, of conviction, of motivation, of passion. Uh, and I think it, it, it far from inhibiting art, it, it absolutely fuels it and propels it and gives it value and life. And, and that's because mm. God created it. And God is the, is the author of it. And so to do it detached from him is just to do it in a way that, that will ultimately not have the transcendent value that it was created for. Yeah. Um, so that, that is why uh, you need to preach, because yeah. too much is given, much is expected. And as an artist who knows the truth, how could I not 
take that and, and, and like Paul says, share with those who, if they, don't, if they do not hear it, how can they possibly believe it? Uh, and so that's what we want to challenge you to do. So that, that, is, that is this third principle. You know, if you are here and you don't feel the need to preach, I would ask, we would ask that, that you would take the time to, to be honest with God and say, have I had a revelation of, of the cross? Um, because I believe if, the, if you have, you will see that it's not one of many options. Uh, it, it's not outdated. It's not unnecessary. In fact, it's, it's critical. It's empowering and, and it'll change everything. So, yeah. If you have any questions, yeah. if you want to comment, if you want to vehemently disagree and specifically call out Luke, you can do so. <laughs> uh, I will give you his personal phone number. It's <laughs> seven four. No, <laughs> I don't. It will be know expensive though because it will be an international call, especially for you Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Send Poland. all messages <laughs> to specifically Rotswaf Poland. He'll get it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but it, uh, I only I only receive snail mail though. It has to be by you know normal mail. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't even know what he just said. Me either. But uh, that's that's because he's you know super old. So yep. <laughs> we're the same wow. age, I'm pretty sure. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Send emails to provoke and inspire at comeandlive.com. Uh, we will check those, I promise. Uh, all of our social media. Uh, otherwise, we can't wait to speak to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provoke and inspire at comeandlive.com.